Lamentations chapter number 3, verse number 40 is where we'll begin. But uh, I'm so thankful for the whole Word of God, the whole counsel of the Word of God. So thankful that He has given to us everything. I made a statement last week that I'm glad that God gave us the good, the bad, and the ugly, and also the great things that happen. But here we have in the book of Lamentations a man that uh, most people will say, boy, he was really depressed. He was really having problems. He was very discouraged. And I'll be honest with you, there's a time that you're eventually going to go through at some point where you will probably be discouraged. You will be downtrodden. You will have problems and you will have difficulties. Uh, But you can continue on and press on through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to be honest with you, through the entire book of Lamentations, that's exactly what it is. As Jeremiah is writing this, the weeping prophet, he's crying. He is uh, pleading with the Lord. He is uh, giving these devastating things that have happened. But yet there is a little bright spot in the midst of the trials and tribulations. I want you to look in verse number 40 with me. Lamentations chapter number 3, verse number 40. It says, let us search and try our ways and turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. We have transgressed and have rebelled. Thou hast not pardoned. Thou hast covered with anger and persecuted us. Thou hast slain. Thou hast not pitied. Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud that our prayer should not pass through. How many of you ever felt like your prayers just weren't going through the clouds? And this is one of the prophets that's saying that exact same thing. Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud that our prayer should not pass through. Verse number 45, thou hast made us as the offering of offscuring and refuse of the midst of the people. All our enemies are opened their mouths against us. Fear and snare is come upon us, desolation and destruction. Mine eyes runneth down with rivers of water for the destruction of the daughter of my people. My, that verse right there should speak volumes to us right now. With the midst of what is happening on in the Middle East, boy, the rivers of tears should flow down our cheeks for the people of Israel right now. And I believe that I can say this with all confidence behind this pulpit, that as for us and behind this pulpit, we support the people of Israel. We support them wholeheartedly. We want them to continue on. And we know that the God that is protecting them is going to keep them. Hallelujah. Look at verse number 50. And till the Lord look down and behold from heaven, mine eye affecteth mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Mine enemies chased me sore like a bird without cause. They have cut off my life in the dungeon and has cast a stone upon me. Waters flow over mine head. Then I said, I am cut off. But then something changes. What is it that changes in his life? Look at verse number 55. I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. But then verse 56. Thou hast heard my voice. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
Boy, when we think we're in the midst of uh, the deepest, darkest problems and the dungeons that we're in and the darkest valleys that we've ever been in, we can still call out to the God of heaven that's still on the throne and he still hears us. I was a six-year-old little boy when the Lord uh, uh, opened my heart to him and I was able to come and have a saving knowledge of him. And the same God that I prayed to, Brother Steve, that day is the same God that when I cry out to him, he hears my voice. Oh, hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou hast drewest, thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, fear not. Oh, we'll come back to that. Oh, Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, right now. Lord, I pray that you would just touch us in the midst of these people. Lord, I pray that you'd guard our mouth and our mind, God, that we would preach and say only what you would have us to say. Lord, I pray that you'd bring to our remembrance, God, the things that you placed on our heart. Lord, I pray that you'd fill us with the Holy Spirit of God. Let us preach in power, authority, and unction, God, not to be able to be seen of man, but God, that we would make much of you, make much of the Savior, make much of Jesus Christ, to praise you, to honor you, and to thank you for what you've done for each and every one of us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us, God, in these next few moments, God, Lord, if there's someone that haven't trusted you as their Savior, God, whether they be here in this sanctuary or watching by way of the live stream, God, I pray that you'd prick their heart. Lord, I pray that you'd draw them to you. Lord, that they would accept you as their Savior, that today is a day of salvation. God, if there's one that uh, needs to uh, turn around and come back to you, God, one that may be backslidden, God, I pray that today would be the day that they would make their way back. And Lord, if there's one that's downtrodden, Lord, I pray you'd lift them up, encourage them, and let them know. Wrap your arms of mercy and love around them and let them know that you still hear their cry. That God, their cries are not falling on deaf ears. And Lord, I pray you'd help us, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. I'll be honest with you. I know that there's a lot of anguish that's going on in the world. We opened up the news on this past weekend. And boy, the things that have happened have been absolutely uh, terrible. Uh, boy, the attacks that have been there, and I'm thankful that the statement that uh, even our country makes that we stand with Israel, and I can guarantee you that we at Harvest Baptist Tabernacle stand with the people of Israel. But boy, there are times that we go through trials and tribulations and problems, and there are people and there are multitudes of people that have gone through despair, and they have much need. It's not just those people. They are in very much need, but they need to cry out to God in the midst of their trial right now as well. But we, in the trials that we go through. We need to be able to know that we can cry out to God and that God can hear us. That God cares for us and God loves us and knows us. And many of the cries of those multitudes, I'll be honest with you, have fallen on deaf ears, it seems like. Some have never even had their uh, cry of fear or their cry of despair or their cry for help. It seems like it's been falling on deafened ears. But God Almighty knows what every cry of every person on the face of this earth has ever gone through. When we look into the book of Lamentations, it was written under the inspiration, of course, of the Holy Spirit of God. But the weeping prophet Jeremiah came through and he's known as that weeping prophet because he had no one. I can tell you this, that you're already most likely better off than Jeremiah. 
Why? Because when he began to preach the gospel, when he began to preach for God, when he decided to go on that side, his family disowned him and would have nothing to do with him. They would not have anything to do with him. He was never married. He never had a companion to be able to help him through this life. He never had any children that we are aware of. The Bible doesn't mention any children or any spouse or any family members that even had anything to do with him once he started preaching for God and preaching the truth that he had. Boy, he was persecuted by his own people because of preaching the truth. Boy, that's a difficult thing. To know that you're doing everything that God had told you to do. And by the way, at the beginning of it, he's gonna t- he tells them, I've called you and you're not going to have a revival. You're not going to see a soul saved. You're not going to have any family that supports you. You're not going to have anybody in the country that likes you. You're going to be all by yourself. But Jeremiah, there's one that'll be with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. That's better than anybody else anyway. That's better than anything that this world could provide for you. A companion on this earth is a a wonderful thing. I thank God for the wife that God has given to me. I'm so thankful that he has trusted me to be able to love her and care for her. And she loves me and cares for me and feeds me. Praise God. I'm thankful for that companion that I have, but there are times in my life, Brother Charles, where I can't go to Heather and let her know what's going on in my life. Or I I can't go to Heather in the middle of the night and express what's happening in my life because there's sometimes that I, Brother I don't even know how to express what I'm feeling in my life. But I know that there's one that does. I know there's one that cares for me and knows exactly what's going on. And in the middle of the night or in the middle of the day or when I'm driving down the road and I may make a phone call to try to talk to Heather or talk to one of my family members or talk to one of you and and may try to share my burden with somebody, but I may not be able to get in touch with them. But there's one that, praise God, every time I pick up the royal telephone, I don't have to worry about getting a busy signal. I don't have to worry about getting an operator saying that, sorry, he's too busy for you. Or have you ever tried to get in touch with somebody that was really important and they had a secretary and they were the really the wall to make sure that you didn't talk to the person you needed to talk to? Apparently y'all hadn't ever dealt with the state. Glory to God. You deal with things like that, there's going to be people that you try to get to and try to get in touch with, but they'll never. But boy, you think about it. If I were to, Brother Steve, if I were to try to call the White House up and say, I need to talk to the president right now, they'd say, uh, he's not available. If I tried to call Benjamin Netanyahu right now, he'd say, he's not available. If I were to try to talk to any leader of this world, in this world right now, they would say, we don't know you, we don't care about you, we don't know who you are and what you could help us with, so therefore, we're not available to you. But then all of a sudden, I realized that the God of this universe, the one that created and flung the scars in the sky, and the one that scooped out the oceans and traced the rivers through with his finger, Lord, thank God that he's one that never says, I'm too busy for you. And he's one that says, I'm I'm never going to just deny you and and push you away, that he's going to welcome me every time and every step of the way. Glory to God. He hears my cries. Aren't you glad that he hears you? What a mighty and wonderful one. And boy, that, that companion, you may look for a companion here, but thank God for the one companion that God provides for us. 
Boy, a wonderful truth that we have in that. And as I study my Bible, I'm, in, I'm actually encouraged that we see some people that needed help and they were, weren't afraid to ask for those things. And they were ones that were asking that they needed help. And there were the cries of the people from in the, in the Bible that were not ignored and set aside by the Lord God Almighty. And as I begin to look through this verse, and I, I really just use this Lamentations 3.56 as a... As a launching pad, because look at that verse one more time with me. Thou hast heard my voice, hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, I love that, fear not. Thank God that he tells us to fear not. Then in verse number 58, O Lord, thou hast pleaded and called my causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. Boy, when we look through there, I begin to think about people that we're going through. Number one, I see that there's a cry for relief or a cry of relief that we need to have. Turn with me, if you can, in Matthew chapter number 15, the book of, uh, the book of Matthew chapter number 15. Look with me in verse number 21. Matthew chapter number 15, verse number 21, the Bible begins to say this. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, look at these words, I am not sent, but unto Unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But then in verse number 25, the Syrophoenician woman continues on. Then came she, and look what she began to do worshiped him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank God that when we just get in his presence, we just need to go ahead and lay down and start worshiping him. She worshiped him and saying, Lord, help me. Boy, that was a voice, that was a cry, that was a cry that went out and the pressure of this world can absolutely be overwhelming. And there are times that we just need to cry out nothing more than just, Lord, help me. I'll be honest with you, I remember years ago, uh, uh, we were driving down the road and, and, and mom was driving. And, and that's a scary experience if you ever ride with my mother. But it's almost as bad as riding with brother Joe, but it's not quite that bad. Hallelujah. <laughs> Can't be that bad, brother. I'll say, no, that's why I drive him, praise God, anytime. But no, we were riding down the road and mom was sitting there and, and, and we started to pull out and a car started coming and, then, and I thought, mama, we're fixing to get hit and I don't know how in the world it happened, but all I know is my mama started to say, he, she just said, help me, Jesus. And when she said, help me, Jesus, I don't know what happened to that car that was about to hit me, but it was gone. You say, Brother Shane, are you serious? With my hand up, I remember it like it was yesterday. All my mother was saying was, help me, Jesus. And I don't know where the car went. I don't know if it went in front of us. I don't know if it went behind us. I don't know what in the world happened. All I know is I was thinking, we think he's going to die. And you say, Brother Shane, do you think Jesus really delivered you through in the midst of that? Absolutely. 
The cry of, of his child went to his ears and there was a help right then and there. You say, Brother Shane, boy, that is really far-fetched for me to believe. Well, you believe what you want to believe, but I know what happened that day. And I know that it was just a cry that was a help for a rescue in that time and a cry for relief at that time. And this woman is saying that I, I need help, Lord. I, I've been attacked and I've been under problems and I've been under issues and the attacks of Satan are, uh, are an assault on your life. And there's all times that, that you can't bear the assault of Satan as he, he comes and he bears down on you. But there is no need to have to try to, to make that on your own because we have one that is a great help. We have one that says that come to me in a time of danger, the time that you need. I'm a very present help in the time of danger is what he tells us. And I'm so thankful that he has this fact that he says that I will come and I will relieve you. I will give you relief. And and boy, that satanic assault was on this woman's daughter. It was on her family. It was on her home. And she was having such constant problems. And, and all she could do, she's gone to her life. She's gone to the very end. She's done everything that she could possibly do. And and she says, I can't do anything on my own. Lord, I need your help. Boy, there are people all over the world right now that are continuing to say, God, I can't do this on my own. But I want you to notice something in this verse. Look with me in chapter 15 in the book of Matthew. Chapter 15, verse number 28. Matthew 15, verse number 28. It says, and Jesus answers and said to him, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee. Even as thou wilt. Look at this. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. You mean to tell me that that was something that God actually made happen right then and right there? This should not be uh, uh, something that surprises us because he's done it for others. And then he comes across and he, this woman that is absolutely at the end of her rope and can't do anything more. And she just says, I I, I can't do anything else anymore, any longer. It's just going to have to absolutely happen to be what God can do. Can I share a personal testimony with you? I'll be quick. I promise I'll be real quick. I hope my family don't mind me sharing this. But it's good, y'all. It's good. So years ago, my sister Michelle, she's about 16 years old. She started having seizures. Started having them more and more often. Began to go and, 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 and brother Steve, you probably remember this time in our life that, that we were going around to churches. We were trying to sing. We were trying to sing these things. And all of a sudden, we couldn't do it because she would start to pass out with one of these. She'd have full-on grandma seizures where we'd have to, to lay her down and to be able to, and, and this would happen. And, and you know, a 16-year-old girl, that's a vital time in her life. And she was so embarrassed of what was happening. And we were just worried. And they began to take her to a hospital. They took her to Emory. And they said, we just need you to get some relief. We've done all that we can figure out. We can't figure anything out. We need you to help us and tell us what's going on. So a doctor came in and said, no, Mr. and Miss Roy, we want you to go ahead and you step out of the room. And we're going to bring this team of doctors in. And this team of doctors is going to interview Michelle. And we'll let you know what we think when we get done. So a team of doctors goes through to Sister Michelle and starts to talk to her. And she said, I was so scared to death. Here I am. I'm a 16-year-old girl. And I'm in here with all these doctors and all these people that have this education. 
and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to say anything. I don't know how to combat what they might be saying or accusing or anything. And they said, Michelle, we see on your record here, you call yourself a Christian. She said, yes, that's correct. And the doctors of Emory said, well, we may have just found your problem. So they started asking her questions about why did you do this? And why do you believe in this? And how do you believe this? And what is going on here? And it seemed like a miracle. She said, Brother Steve, it's just a Bible verse. It'll come to my head. And I'd be able to tell them. So long story short is this, that Sister Michelle was given a big old prescription of Valium. Sent her home and said, whenever she starts to have one of these seizures, we can't find out what's going on with her. We don't know what can happen and we don't know how to fix it. So just give her one of these if she starts to have one of these seizures. And I remember in November, right before Thanksgiving, Michelle would start to feel these seizures coming on. And her hands would begin to tremble. Her hands would get real clammy. And she knew to go to the living room and lay down on the couch. She'd be prepared to to survive this seizure. Mom knelt down beside of her and said, baby, I've been praying for you. And Michelle says, mama, just pray for me one more time. Now, I'm talking about a mother that is at her rope's end. My mother says to my sister, Michelle, we've prayed. We've prayed time and time and time again. As a matter of fact, we've got people all over the southeast, the churches that are praying for you and they're praying that God would heal you of this. And we do not know what is happening and we don't know where God is in this. We don't understand why God's allowing us to go through this. She said, I know, Mama, but just pray for me one more time. You know, Sister Michelle never passed out with that seizure. And by the glory and the grace of God, she's never had one since. Now you say, does that mean that Mama's prayers are something special? I believe Mama's prayers are special. But do I believe that it was my Mama that prayed through that... Boy, the Lord knew. And I don't know what my mama prayed. I don't know what it was, but I know it could be probably something as simple as this, Dr. Harper. It could be something as simple as, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Because I don't know what else to do. I'm at my ropes in. I don't know how to go any further. Thank God that we have a God that when we need relief and that faithfulness that he has before us. And thank God that we can uh, go through and and know the knowledge that God is faithful and faithful to us and able to do great and mighty things. Now, I know that there are plenty of times and plenty of things that have happened in our lives where you thought, well, I have prayed for something and it didn't happen like that for me. But that doesn't make God any less powerful because that means that God had a different plan and a different direction and we have to obey that we have to know that that is God's will and we have to know that God is there but thank God we can be fearless when we begin to beg God for a relief when we beg God Lord help me I can't do anything else I need your help you can be fearless in that way look at verse number 57 with me Lamentations chapter number 3 verse number 57 said, Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, Fear 
not. And I'll be honest with you, with Jesus showing up, what do we have to fear? Why do we have to worry about anything? If, if God is on our side, who can be against us? Boy, the attacks may feel like that they're overwhelming. The attacks may feel like that there are so many issues in our life. But thank God that we have a Savior. We have a Lord that is on our side. But then look with me also. Look with me also in Matthew chapter number 14. Move over to chapter number 14 in the book of Matthew. Look at verse number 26 with me, Lord. We see a a cry of relief, but we also see a a cry for rescue. In Matthew chapter number 14, you all know, very familiar, verse 26, it says, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Look at this. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, One word, come. And he, when Peter was come out of, down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But look with me in verse number 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid, the beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. There's cries that, Lord, help me. I need relief. But God, Lord, save me. I need you to rescue me from this situation. And I I beg you to notice that Peter was aware when God told him uh, exactly where he uh, told him to be. He told Peter to get out of the boat. He told Peter to get out on the water. He told Peter, come to me. I promise you, it'll be okay. And he had already told him, Brother Joel, he had already said, be not afraid. But according to these verses, Peter got afraid. Why? Because he took his eyes off of what was going on and he looked about what was going on all around him and he forgot what he was looking at. And Peter jumped down out of the safety of that boat and he took his chance with Jesus Christ. Now I'm glad that someday all of us will just be able to jump out of a boat and and take our chances with Jesus Christ and know that he is on our side. But there was no hesitation when he needed to be rescued. Thank God that we had that verse number 30. But when he saw the winds boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried. He didn't hesitate to wait for God. He didn't hesitate and say, I'll try to do this on my own. I'll try to keep my head. I'll try to swim this out. I'll try to make sure that I can do this on my nose. Absolutely not. He said, God, I need your help. Lord, save me right now. And boy, Peter was not waiting to see what he could do by himself. He was saying that, hey, I have the one and know the one that's already on top of the water. (laughs) Hallelujah. He's already there on top of what is coming over me. And I thank God that we have a, a hand of God that will come along each and every one of us and on our side every step of the way. And there's no hesitation. When he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. But then also this, when he asked for, Lord, save me, the hand of God came out. Look with me in verse number 31, Matthew chapter number 14, verse number 31. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little, little faith, where didst thou doubt? And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know how far Peter was away from Jesus. It doesn't matter how far he was. Because before Peter went under. Hallelujah. That's good right there. Before Peter went under, Jesus was right there where they needed him. (laughs) 
He stretched forth his hand. It may have been that he was 20 feet, 30 feet, 50 yards. I don't know how far it was, Brother Jerry, but all I know is that it didn't matter how the, what the distance was because when one of the children of God calls out to him, in an instant, God can be right there with that child of God. And I'm thankful that we have a promise that he'd never leave us and never forsake us. And I thank God that we have a promise that he'll be there right alongside of us every step of the way. The hand of God that's so strong is able, just like he was back then. He's able today. And boy, he's still reaching out his holy hands to pull people out of the miry clay and to be able to pull people out of the problems of this life. Boy, we just need to pray and we need to beg God. God save Save me, I need your help. We have a cry for relief. We have a cry for rescue. But then lastly, look with me in Luke chapter number 23. In the book of Luke chapter number 23, we have a cry for redemption. Luke chapter number 23, verse number 39. And one of the malefactors which hung, railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward for our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Say, Brother Shane, do you believe in deathbed confessions? I don't think you'd get any closer than hanging on a cross. Realizing that the Savior of Jesus, that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world and you have to have him. Boy, look at that simple plea to him was, Lord, remember me. Boy, this thief on the cross next to Jesus did not cry out in vain. I I get excited about thinking about people that one day we'll get to see in heaven. I want to see Peter. I want to ask him, what was it like on the water? Because I've never been able to do that. And I don't think I'm looking at anybody else that has either. I want to ask Jonah. Jonah, what was it like? In the middle of the belly of a big old fish. He'd probably say, it, was, it stank. It was terrible. I want to see, I want to ask Moses, what was it like when you lifted that rod up and the Red Sea absolutely parted and the dry land appeared before you? But then not only that, when you saw the people of Israel go through that area, you turned around and you put that same staff back over the water and it closed up over the top of your enemies. Tell me about that. Tell me about all these wonderful times. But... I'm going to be honest with you, Brother Chris. You want to know the people that I really want to talk to? One of those malefactors. I want to talk to that man that says, Lord, remember me. Remember me. I want to say, what, what was it that made you realize? Of course, a lot of people say, Brother Shane, you're not going to have time to think about all that sort of stuff. It may be, but I'm preaching right now, so just let me use my imagination 
What the wonderful things that we have. He was able to get in touch with the Savior of the world while hanging on a cross. And we have a lost and dying world that needs to get in touch with the same Savior. They're slipping off into eternity. Do you you realize that over 150,000 people die every hour? That's over 54 million people a year slip off into eternity. What are we doing? You say, well, what is this all about, Brother Shane? What is this cry of redemption? The cry of redemption is necessary for all of us. For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. That's you, that's me, that's all of us. All of us have sinned and we've short, come short of that glory. But God wants to save each and every one. Second Peter 3, 9 actually says at the end, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So thankful that we serve a Savior that doesn't want to see not one soul go into a place called hell. Thankful that day when I was a six-year-old little boy. I received him. It's necessary for all, but thank God it's available for all. I'm trying to close as quickly as I can, but John 3, 16, glory to God, is still in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. To be honest with you, if, we, if we're honest, I wonder how many are here today that's needing relief. <laughs> You've been fighting a battle today. You've been fighting a battle all year long. We, we preached about this last week. Boy, we need relief. Or how many of us need a rescue from something that we're in the middle of? To be honest with you, in a crowd of this size and people that are watching away, by the way, of the live stream, there's probably a multitude of folks that need to to spend a little time in prayer. You've tried everything else and there's no relief. You've tried everything else and you can't seem to rescue yourself. Why don't we just try Jesus? I've always wondered, why don't we just try him first? There may be some that are searching for rescue and need to have that rescue. But then there's some that need a redemption. And I want to tell you that the Lord Jesus Christ wants to save every man, woman, and boy, or girl that will come to him. And he'll never turn away anyone. Salvation is full and it's free. And today is a day of salvation and not a moment later. We just trust that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. What a wonderful way that we can have. But I want to close with this. Look at this, our text verse, Lamentations 3. Lamentations 3, verse number 56 says this, Thou hast heard my voice. Child of God, know that he knows and he hears what you're praying. Hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. I underline those words. In verse 57, thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou saidest, fear not. I underlined, I underlined, double underlined those words. And O Lord, thou hast pleaded the causes of my soul. Thou hast redeemed 
my life. What a wonderful thought. God is never going to turn a broken heart and a contrite spirit away. He'll come to each and every one of us. He'll rescue us. He'll give us relief that we need. And thank God for the redemption that he's provided. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you.